46 years ago, we didn't have cell phones. 30 years ago, we didn't have cell phones. Our parents didn't look at their phones when they were out. It's mm-hmm. almost become the new norm. But then again, they also grew up in an era where they didn't lock the doors and it was safe. So yeah, <laughs> again, you know, times exactly. adjust. And unfortunately, <laughs> um, it is the reality of, yeah. of what's going on. And, you know, I don't want to get too deep into it, but we just had an incident at MSU and um, we've had an incident at Oxford High School. And unfortunately, it's just I need to know that she's safe and OK when she's not with me. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the John Papaloni Show. Today, I have special guest, Amanda Her. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Pleasure to have you. Why don't we start off the podcast the same way I start all podcasts, which is the informative way of getting to know who you are, what you do, and how you got there. Ooh, how much time do we have? No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, let's see who I am, how, what I do and how I got here. Well, my, as you know, I am a career and leadership coach, so I have been doing this for about a decade now and I work with basically many of my clients are women who are in their mid career who would tell you that they're not done yet. They just want something different. So we work on that. So that's either, you know, working for promotion, working for better leadership, or it could even be just translating their talents into something completely new. So it's one of the things that I find the most rewarding about my career, um, but my career did not start there. So I've, as I say, been around the block a little bit. Um, so I've been in advertising and marketing for about 30 years, and I spent 17 years at CNN. So I left there as their vice president of advertising sales for the Midwest. So how I got to what I'm doing now is, is kind of a funny story. I um, I was actually really burnt out. I was one of the women that I help now. So I was really burnt out. Uh, CNN was like, oh, you know, we want you to take some training, you know, all of our leaders take this training. So I took the training. I met a coach at the training and I was like, I love what you do. How do I do that? So she was, she told me where to go to get my training for, to be a certified coach. And I became a certified uh, career and leadership coach through the Institute of Professional Excellence for Coaching and through the International Coaching Federation. So I've done that. Um, and I started coaching women. So, I, you know, really the the first weekend I started this, this journey, I knew that I was going to be leaving CNN. So it took about a year and then I gave my notice and I left. And while I built my coaching career, I also built a digital marketing agency alongside it. And at this point now I'm coaching specifically a hundred percent. And I have actually given my niece the reins to the agency that I had created. And so now she's got a business of her own with people to help her. And then I am fully able to enjoy what I do with the women that I coach. Wow. So yeah. <laughs> that brings up a, a, you know, a couple of questions here. Like one is that um, you got out of the out of CNN and yeah. you decided to start two businesses. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times people, uh, you know, struggle or fight with themselves over one business. And I can see why you started the advertising agency. I mean, look, your, yeah. your background was that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to guess, and I'm guessing here, don't shoot me if I'm wrong, um, that part of the reason of of uh, starting the uh, advertising agency while getting into the coaching at the same time was almost like that was your backup plan. 
Yes, actually it was. And it was two things. So it was a backup plan so that as I got my certifications um, as a coach and I got you know, more traction and I started to develop that more and I wanted to make sure that I loved it as much as I thought that I did. And yay, I was correct. However, um, and then, you know, also it was my brain loves to have a little bit of that, that nerd side. So the digital marketing piece where I was programming and developing websites and I had a team that I actually could activate across the country and help small businesses create something that they would never be able to afford from a, a large agency and I could be there walking alongside them as their account director was really, really great. And, and it was honestly something that spoke to me as far as a service aspect. Uh, and I loved it. And the reason why I let that go and gave that to my niece was she was loving it. She was growing and it became so much or so big that I wasn't doing my real passion, which was the coaching as much as I wanted to. So I let that go to my niece, Grace, and Grace has done a great job taking digital desk to the next level. And I've been able to really focus in on servicing or serving those that I care about, which are women who I feel have been underserved. They're women who are, you know, slogging away and feeling burnout and feeling like they're kind of stuck where they're at. And they're not, thinking, you know, oh, this is what I can do next. They're thinking, oh my God, I got to get till 65. What can I do? Um, so these are women who are very successful women who have gotten to a certain point in their career because they're smart and because they're ass kickers. Uh, but then they got to a point where, you know, maybe that promotion's not coming their way or they've decided or they've reached the pinnacle of their career where they're at. And they're like, I don't like this anymore. And they want to do something totally different. So, you know, that speaks to me and that speaks to me way more than doing a website or something like that. So, um, you know, I'm excited about being able to help them into that next step. Um, so I always say, they always come to me and they say, well, what's next? And, you know, I have a framework that I work with them on that's literally called next. So, you know, next is what's next. Well, the next framework is what's next. And we work across the framework, which is the four pillars that, you know, successful women use in order to get the career that they desire. Right, right. Let's actually go through the steps if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's see, next. So N would be network. So a lot of times when we get to a certain level in our career, we'll forget to network because we're so busy. So network can mean networking. So it's compass networking. It's up, it's sideways, and it's, you know, it's under. Um, so, you know, north, east, west, south, right? Um, right? And then it can also mean networking outside of the industry that you're in, networking outside of the company that you're in. But network also means leveraging the network that you have. So those people that you've connected with, those people that you know, leveraging those relationships, but not just leveraging them for yourself, but leveraging them so that they can get something, you know, that they need from you. So being of service to them as their service to you. So that's the end. And we go through, you know, how are they doing it and what are they doing and what can we do more of? And a lot of times we find that sometimes not doing it and just having that head down and just doing, you know, what you're supposed to do all day. That's why they're burnt out. A lot of it is they're feeling isolated or bored, right? Um, so then the E. E is educate. So educate can mean be a lifetime learner. 
you know, and I've heard so many times, well, I don't need to take that training or I don't need this because I've been doing this for so long. And at the end of the day, we all need to learn something. So always take the opportunity to learn, but also, you know, seek out things outside of your company. If your company is not giving you training, go find training somewhere else and don't be afraid to pay for it for yourself because that's going to set you apart from anyone else. And it's also going to give you an avenue to learn what you do love, right? And then educate also means go out and be of service and educate others and let them, you know, be benefit of your experience, which brings me to the X, experience. Um, X, well, X as an experience, right? So experience means, um, you know, leverage your experience. Look at all the things that you've done. Take a look at your current position, what you love about it, what you not like about it. What can you get more of? Um, you know, get more experience by going out and doing different things. So that's experience. And then the T is team. So obviously team as it pertains to at work but also the team that you develop around you in order to support you and people that you can trust and that you can talk to. I call it the board of directors. So, um, you know, team in that respect, but also the team at work, making sure that anywhere that you're feeling like you're not as strong as you want to be, you build a team around you that has those talents so that those people can do what you're not as good at. And then you can take care of what you are good at. And that's going to revitalize you as well. So again, the whole coaching program goes through this next in quite a bit of depth, but you know, I've got like career next, which is one-on-one -on -one professional coaching. There's leadership next that fo focuses on leadership team next, which is, you know, for, organizations. Um, and then I've also created Accelerate Next, which is kind of fun. So that's like a sprint. It's like a 90-day sprint. Uh, and then I also do Network uh, Next, which is a LinkedIn uh, program. So it's all built on that next because so many women came to me and they're like, I just don't know what's next. So I'm trying to answer that for them. That's pretty awesome. Now, Thanks. let me ask you something, right? Like, I, I, I completely agree with what you said about the um, the whole uh, like oh what was it that that was part of the uh, T I just lost my train team. of thought team yeah, yeah like team yeah we're oh delegating there we go this is where I was going yeah I agree with you hundred yes. percent about the whole delegation thing too many people try to fix what they're not good at instead of focusing on what they're great at. And I always believe that if you put in your effort and becoming the best at what you're already good at or great at. And becoming that next level, becoming the best, you'll do yeah. way more. And therefore, how do you compensate with time? By delegating the stuff you are garbage at and letting yeah. someone else who is good at it do it. Yes. So yes. I completely agree with you on that. Now, yeah. what would you tell a person, you know, when you get onto the end side, right, where yeah. it's the networking part, and they're like, yeah. I don't know anybody. I don't talk to anybody. I have mm -hmm. failed to do that. And I don't know who to call or who to talk to or what to do. Because, you know, these are the kind of excuses we're going to get when we tell people to go out there and network with them with other people. And we mm -hmm. know simply it's not true. But I want to hear how you would answer that. Yeah. Um, well, just because you haven't done it doesn't mean that you can't start today. We have this thing called the internet and you can go and find different networking groups. You just have to have the confidence to walk into a room. And even if you started, if you're shy, if you're an introvert and you started just by walking into a room and just standing there 
somebody is going to come up and talk to you, no doubt, at a networking event. Um, and you don't have to, you know, talk too much, just like baby step your way in. If you're someone that wants to do it virtually, there's tons of virtual things that you can do uh, to learn and to network. So if you don't know where to find them, you can ask your boss, you can take a look at what's in the industry, Google it. Um, Eventbrite in America, I don't know in Canada, I think it's the same, but same Eventbrite has, um, you know, so many different places that you can, you know, you'll find all the conferences that are around. And if you're sitting at a table at a conference, there's going to be other people at that table and they're going to talk to you. So even if you're an introvert, then you're going to have a conversation. You don't have to be, you know, someone who is going to be flashy and walk into the room and own the room. You know, you just need to be there and it's going to start working for you. You know, bring your cards, let them know who you are. You know, before you go, think about what you want them to know about you and, you know, make sure that you kind of pepper that in. I work with, you know, my women generally have an idea of what their company is, but we never talk about, you know, when they're going to a networking event, they talk about their company. So what we do is we talk about what do we want people to know about you? And uh, so I would say definitely have an idea of what they you want them to know about you. You know, what do you do? Not where do you work? You know, you can add that in, but it's, it's about you because you know what, you may not work where you're working right now, five years from now, especially if you're looking to spice up your career. So let's make sure people are getting to know you, but that's how you would find it. There's meetups, there's, you know, 8 million ways to meet people. The chamber in your area is a great place to start. They constantly have meet and greets that are free most of the time or $10 to, to go to, but generally an industry will have something that you can be a part of yeah so what you're talking about there is basically you have to put in the work you have to put in the Mm -hmm. effort and it is like as they say that your network is your net worth yes i like that you gotta always be conscious of of everyone around you Mm -hmm. and putting out even feelers when you're talking to people see what they're doing like i i believe when you provide value or take interest in someone else they tend to take interest with you as well. And therefore, mm-hmm. sometimes you can collaborate and share ideas and then you can learn something new and get something a, a token that you didn't think of from someone else and be yep. able to apply it to your life. Absolutely. And I can't tell you how many times I've met someone who's not even in the industry that I was in um, that I've taken something away from the little nugget here or there. And I thought, you know, even when, even if I didn't get a chance to talk to them and they were just doing their little 40 second intro of themselves or whatever to a group, they might've had a pearl of wisdom that I thought, you know, I love the way that they said that I'm going to use that, you know, just like I literally, you just said your network is your net worth. I was like, ah, I've never heard that before. I'm going to use it. So it's a great example of you don't know what you don't know. And you don't have to be anything other than authentic. I think some people just stop themselves because they're shy or, you know, they don't know what to say, or they don't feel like making small talk or whatever it might be. But as long as you're authentic to who you are, that's all you need to be. And, you know, it makes networking a lot, a lot easier that way. You don't have to put on airs. Absolutely. Now, look, you use the word authentic, right? And Mm -hmm. being your authentic self. And I think that in 2023, that term has been so overused. Totally. And, 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 and a lot of times people <laughs> use it. Out. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, no. Yeah. What I mean is, a lot of times people use that as a uh, like a uh, like a term to mm-hmm. sort of like hide the fact that they don't really know what they're doing. They just it's almost like that disguise. Yeah. They use the buzzwords, and then therefore they don't have to actually really get into the down and deep and dirty because they use that buzzword and everybody knows what that means. Now, yeah. that's my point. So where I'm going with this is that like really. A lot of times people pretend to be authentic, but are they really? Like, what is your de- uh, your definition of being authentic in this circumstance? Being authentic is just being in the moment, listening. You know, don't listen to answer. You just listen to learn. And being there and being honest about why you're there. You know, if you are going to a networking event being honest about the fact that you're there to meet people and that you, you know, are there to make connections and letting them know who you are and just being authentic about that rather than, you know, starting out with, you know, I'm Amanda Her, I'm vice president of CNN. And da, 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 da. you know, I can just be like, you know, it's so nice to meet you. Tell me more about yourself. Let me tell you a little bit about what I do. Um, let's talk about how we might be able to collaborate you know, I think we're all here to talk about how we can collaborate. So I would think it would be great if we had five minutes just, you know, to sit and talk, something like that. But it doesn't start, it's not as easy if you're when you're first starting. And that's sometimes what I have to really dig into with my my women, my clients, because it's like you spend so much time presenting, or you know, if you're in sales, you're selling or whatever it might be, it's hard to kind of, like you said, dig into that authenticity. So it starts with figuring out who you actually are and authentically figuring that out. So when I use the word authentic, I mean it because it's part of my core value. So my core values are authenticity, family, and curiosity. And I know those three core values because I've taken the time to actually figure them out. So my core values are what I actually use in order to filter through opportunities and different decisions that I need to make in my life. If things don't fit within authenticity, family, and curiosity, I don't do them, all right? But knowing them has been a game changer for me because it's allowed me to accept who I am, the good and the bad, and also bring that forward and be a part and be in conversation rather than being of conversation, right? Right. And that's the foundation that I build um, all of my coaching practices off of because you can't build anything unless you have a strong foundation and stick to that strong foundation. And I'll be honest with you, I'm sure it's not just women. I'm sure many men have also never been asked, well, what are your values? And they're like, I don't know. You know, like they're like, I work for whatever, you know, no one's ever asked me what my core values are. And they might be like extremely out of balance at work because their job doesn't align with those values. But when you say, what are your core values? And they take the time to figure that out. That means a little bit of a journey, right? And then they become truly authentic. And then they're more comfortable having a conversation because they're not trying to hide anything. So that's what I mean by authenticity. Fantastic. Now, a lot of times that I believe in uh, what's called personal branding, yep. right? And, and that uh-huh. this is one of the ways that people can use to get themselves out there, get themselves known. And it goes back to, like you said, authenticity, like, yeah. which really to me means just be yourself. Let people see who you are without putting up a wall 
and trying to project something you're not because of what you think people might think of you. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, people are so busy today that part of my language, they don't give a shit about <laughs> how you look, what you think, or what whatever. Yeah. They want to know who they can relate to and mm-hmm. who can solve whatever problem they want or they want to know who's top of mind when they need something and they want to mm-hmm. know someone they can know, like, and trust. Totally. And by letting yourself out there and letting people see who you are, you build that relationship. And by building that relationship, that's building your authentic self, which yes. makes a person decide whether they want to work with you or not. Because it's just as important to repel the people that do <laughs> not jive with you totally. as it is yeah. to attract the people that do jive with you. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. And it, speaking of saving time, it really saves time when you repel the people that don't aren't going to jive with you, right? Because you're not going to spend weeks on end talking you know, to that and then finding out, oh, we, we don't jive. Um, and I agree with you on the personal branding. And that's another thing that I think is extremely important that people forget to do because again, corporations or where you work, you know, you're like, this is who I represent. This is, you know, but the personal brand is so important. So something that I always tell people to do is go and get a headshot that is your own headshot, you know, an actual professional headshot. Um, and also make sure you understand on LinkedIn and other networking platforms that you on your personal profile are talking about you. You're talking about your talents. You're talking about um, your strengths. You're talking about what you want. The headline on your LinkedIn, you know, should not be where you work. It's about who you are and what you bring to the table. And then also to your point about the relationships, you know, from a the standpoint of building a relationship, don't just meet someone. And I just had this happen the other day, meet someone and then email them and be like, I'd love a half an hour of your time. Everyone's busy. They don't have a half an hour to give. So you need to provide some sort of value or idea of why we should connect, you know, like what, what is it that's going to build that relationship? So maybe you meet somebody at an event once and then you see them again, or you meet them at an event once and then you email them and you're just like, Hey, just wanted to check in, say it was great to meet with you. I'm going to connect with you on LinkedIn, connect with them on LinkedIn. Then you start maybe commenting on their stuff on LinkedIn. Then you can start maybe DMing them and saying, Hey, you know what? I'd love to grab a virtual coffee with you. And then you can, you know, do that. But that relationship has to kind of bubble a little bit. You can't just go right for the kill, right? You can't just go right in there and ask them to spend a half an hour or an hour with you because people are busy to your point, you know? So it's all about being authentic and it's all about consistently being authentic. You know, it's not just like a one and done. Absolutely. See, I love what you just said there right? Like it's so so important. Too many people go for the kill right after yeah. they just meet you. Like, or sometimes they don't even meet you. Like take LinkedIn. How many times do you get a new connection? And then all of a sudden within 30 seconds of accepting it, you get a stupid oh. message. Like I get, I can help your clients with X, Y, Z. Well, yep. I didn't realize my clients were missing something that you can solve as if I'm well, brand new to the I business. I never figured that out. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, 
not even an introduction of who you are, why I even need to hear from you, not even, mm-hmm. you know, hey, how's it going, you know, like, or getting to know you in any way. It's right away. I can help your clients. Trust me. Whatever you're offering, my clients don't need it. You know, yeah. like not at well, this point. And I wouldn't time. choose you to do it because you obviously are just there for numbers. Yeah. No, I get that daily. I get right. that kind of thing daily. And or I got one the other day that actually did a great job of introducing themselves. And they were like, you know, they had like a real conversation. So I thought maybe this was a real connection and that they were being, again, with the authentic. And so I did respond to that person and right away he responded and said, I will have someone on my team reach out to you to get, um, to get an appointment on the calendar. And I was like, what do you mean by your team? Like, first of all, I didn't say I wanted to meet with this person, but secondly, so now I'm not important enough to talk to you. I have to talk to somebody on your team. It was very disingenuous and, and it was very like, insulting, really. So that person lost the opportunity to discuss anything with me at that point. Um, So it's just a it's a delicate dance. um, But as long as you're authentic, and you're not trying to be, you know, if you really want to have a relationship with this person, and you're really just commenting on their posts, and you're not saying like, you know, oh, great post, you're like, oh, detail, like, I love what you just said here, da, 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 da. they're going to get to know you. And then guess what, they might reach out to you and say, you know what, we might want to connect or collaborate because that's a real relationship. 100%. And then another line I get is, Oh, I listened to your last episode uh, of your podcast. It was great. Your content is so valuable. And then it becomes a sales pitch. Now, one of the, I'm going to tell you a little funny story and I'm not going to use the exact words, but pretend my podcast is about pizza and we're talking about pizza. And my title will be something like what to do with pineapples, right? As an example. Now okay. I get a message. It goes, oh, I completely agree about the pineapples. I love them on my pizza. Meanwhile, if you had listened to my podcast, you would have realized that what to do with pineapples, my way of saying, grab them, throw them in the friggin' garbage and never let me see them again. I mean, I happen to like pineapples, but I'm giving you an example. I was going to say, so, don't say that about the pineapple because I'm a big pineapple on my no, pizza. No, no. I love pineapple too, <laughs> yeah. especially on pizza, but I'm giving you an example, okay. right? No, so okay, it was the yes. point of the fact that yes. if you had listened, you would have heard that I throw the pineapples out and you're telling me how great it is and you agree with me. So right. clearly you and didn't listen and you got a sales pitch. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Like, and that's, and that's going to shut you out from having any kind of relationship or anything with that person. So if you're doing things, you know, at the N and next with the network or the networking or whatever, it's, it's not about the quantity of people. It's about the quality of those connections. So, you know, I have a friend who has, I think 65,000 connections on LinkedIn because she's a LinkedIn coach, right? That's great. But does she know 65,000 people? Are those 65,000 people engaging with her? You know, it's great to have a big giant number or to connect with 8 million people. But if you don't know when they call you who that person is, or you don't know how you can be of service to that person, or if they could be of service to you, then there's no point to it. You know, I did a post uh, a few weeks ago, I had a picture of my grandparents and it was from when they were quite young before they even got married, I believe. And it was, I posted about my grandfather, you know, this was before social media, this was before podcasting, it was before everything, but everyone, they called him Frenchie and cause he was French 
and Canadian. Well, actually, he wasn't Canadian. My grandma was. So they called him Frenchie. And Frenchie was known for if you needed something, Frenchie could connect you to the right person. Everywhere we went, my grandpa knew someone and someone would say, hey, Frenchie, you know. So they, they knew that grandpa could help them, but he also knew that they that he could connect with them and he could get help from them for whatever it might have been from a business perspective, right? Or even on a personal perspective. But that's what we're talking about. We're talking about actual real relationships like that, that aren't necessarily just, hey, I clicked on your stuff, you know? Yeah. And again, that's, again, it goes back to that relationship, getting belly to belly and talking to yeah. people, taking true interest in them and providing real value. Now, look, Social media is fine and dandy, and it's a way to build up brand and way for mm -hmm. people to get to know you from a video perspective. Now, too many people are trying to be Gary V, and really, there's <laughs> only one Gary V out there, you know. Like, and you know, why would you want to be Gary, Gary V? Is a lot of Gary V. <laughs> like, this is my point, though. <laughs> why would you want to be Gary V when you can be yourself? Exactly. Right. That's what it comes down to. Well, hey, and he's I watch Gary V. Like, I watch it and I love his stuff, right? But reality right. is. That's him, not me. Right. I want to be myself. Right. Right? Right. I don't want to be somebody else. Right. So, and then I want people to get to know me. And that should be the objective is to get to know you. Now, going where I'm saying yes. is social media is a great platform to get started with. Yeah. But you have to go beyond the likes and comments and shares. Now, that's where the DMs come. Get in to know people. You have no excuse out there to not meet at least one to two people a day through social media, mm -hmm. you message them, DM them. Hey, I wanted to say thank you for your comment. Thank you for your share. Like, thank you for sharing. Yep. Thank you for following me. Just wanted to reach out, say hello, see how you're doing and hope you're having a great day. And just thought I would uh, connect here. Yeah, no that's, intention I mean, to sell anything. Yes. No buys, just get to know you. If you did five people a day, every single day, or even say Monday to Friday, we'll go back to the whole Monday to Friday, nine to five weekends are off. If you really want to live that life and that's okay. Yep. There's nothing wrong with it. So that's five people times five days. That's 25 people a week, hundred people a month. And yep. I'm willing to bet 90 days. That's 300 people that you kept in contact with and, and got to know. And out of that 300 people, maybe only 25% will respond. So that's 100 people now that you have in your contact list and database of people you can keep in contact, build relationships yeah. so they can get to know and like and trust you. And then therefore yeah, that builds. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that we forget, too, is that there's this little thing called the phone. Yeah. So, you know, when you want to have a, a relationship that's a deeper relationship, use the phone or, you know, do a Zoom call. And a lot of people are like... I don't have a lot of time. When am I supposed to fit this in? Well, I took five minutes this morning to drink my coffee. That's my daughter. So I could, could have been doing this while I was drinking my coffee. You know, if I take the 10 minutes that I sit down and get ready for the day and just kind of hang out, there you go. You're done. Absolutely. How many times are you in front of a TV and you're watching live TV? So you can't fast forward the commercials. Well, hey, pick up your phone and send out messages. I'm sure you don't want to watch the commercials, so there's something you can do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, the other thing I'm going to get your perspective on, and I think you meet with someone. Now, mm -hmm. you finally, like, you kept in contact, and somebody wants to meet for a coffee, and you got to know each other, and you're at that point where you say, hey, let's, let's, let's meet for coffee. I'm in your area, and let's do Wednesday at 5 p.m. Then you go there, and going back to your phone, they're in front of you doing this during the coffee. 
Ugh. That could be kind of annoying. I even think that the phone should not even be on the table. It should be in your pocket where nobody sees because you mm. want to show people that they're important and you're paying attention to them and you're actually genuinely there trying to build that relationship. Absolutely. And, you know, I do, I'm, I'm guilty of putting the phone on the table just because I, um, my daughter is going to be 16 and getting a car. So I am one of those weird hover moms. So I have to, <laughs> I either have my, you know, my watch on or I have it just in case it's my daughter. Otherwise, you know, so, but I am guilty of just for that reason, but I, I won't answer the phone. I won't text. In fact, you know, I do that in my personal life as well. It's like at dinner, you know, we have no, no electronics at dinner. Like there, you need to just be present and really, I mean, how can you enjoy an experience or have an experience if you're not fully present? hundred percent. And that's, that's where I was going. If you're not present, you know, look, what happens is it's so tempting when it's on the table and that screen flashes to look over and yeah. it, it makes the other person feel as if whatever is going on on your screen is more important than what they're saying. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I will even say to people, you know, I just have this out in case my daughter calls and they'll understand, you know, and then if, if it rings, I just kind of glance. And if it's not Charlie, then I don't answer. Yeah, makes sense. I get that. Now, here's a funny point, and I'm not going to, you know, it's not intended as a negative, but it's mm -hmm. a reality, is that it's funny how society has come up to this, right? Because look, you're worried about your daughter with your phone. Yeah. Well, 46 years ago, we didn't have cell phones. 30 years ago, we didn't have cell phones. Our parents didn't look at their phones when they were out. It's mm -hmm. almost become the new norm. But then again, they also grew up in an era where they didn't lock their doors and it was safe. So... <laughs> Yeah, Again, you know, times exactly. adjust. And unfortunately, <laughs> um, it is the reality of, yeah. of what's going on. And, you know, I don't want to get too deep into it, but we just had an incident at MSU and um, we've had an incident at Oxford High School. And unfortunately, it's just I need to know that she's safe and OK when she's not with me. I like the fact that, you know, you can tell that you came from marketing and that you were marketing <laughs> at CNN. It was clearly <laughs> obvious because... <laughs> Most times you ask a person, okay, you're building a business. Who are you after? And the answer is always the same stupid answer. Everyone. <laughs> everyone. Yeah. 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 You can't possibly serve everyone. There's not even enough time in a year, let alone a day. General Motors <laughs> doesn't even serve everybody. You know what I mean? Like, and so Amanda, her coaching is not going to serve everybody. So yeah. 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 So, so. That made it blinkly obvious that your background was, uh, you know, marketing. So you yeah. knew right away to get into niche. You got sick and tired of your CNN job, for lack yeah. of better description. Um, most people go through their job and they just push through to retirement. Then they retire and that's the end. Or they quit their job and find another job. So yeah. um, you decided to go the entrepreneur route versus just finding another job or retiring. Why? Well, because I wasn't happy in advertising at the time. It was one of those things where, you know, I worked really hard and everything I had done up until that point was in honor of what I thought success looked like. It's what I thought was success, which was money and title and all these things, but it wasn't feeding me. It wasn't making me happy. So I had to figure out what it was that would make me happy and would kind of make me feel like, you know, when I reached the top of this career mountain that I was enjoying the view. So I realized at that point it was coaching. Um, and so 
I was like, well, I'm going to have to create this company in order to do that. And honestly, I wanted more control over my career. I felt like my career was controlling me. At the time, my daughter was, I think, six years old. And I needed to have flexibility and I needed to really feel like I could make some sort of a difference in in the world outside of just selling spots and dots. So that's why I, I went the route that I went. Uh, also, you know, I I live by a motto that I call live like it's possible. So I always live like it's possible. Whatever I want in my life is possible. And I just, I can create that. So I decided that I was going to live like it's possible and create these companies and it was possible. And as I always tell people, if you live like it's possible, then it is possible. If you live like it's not possible, then it's not possible. So I chose to create something that gave me the life that I wanted so that I could raise my daughter because I am a single mom. So I wanted to raise my daughter, be present, um, have all the experiences I could possibly have as a mother, but also still be intellectually challenged and also have enough money where, you know, my crazy idea didn't lead us into poverty, which obviously it has not. I've been very successful and very um, blessed to be so. But that's really why my daughter was a driving force as to what I did in order to change my life, because I did not want her to see a mother who was unhappy, tired, and burnt out. Fantastic. So in light of time, I'm going to ask you two more questions, then get into what I call the lightning round. Ooh, lightning round. Okay, I got to prepare. Yeah, it's going to be fun. (laughs) So second last question is, how do you know you've had a successful day? I know that I've had a successful day if I have spoken to someone about what their goals are and I feel like I've helped them kind of clarify how to get there. That's how I I feel like I've had a successful day. Fantastic. Last but not least before the lightning round is where do people find you? Oh, amandahercoaching.com. So it's Amanda, you know, A-M-A-N-D-A. Her, which is two R's, so H-E-R-R, coaching.com, amandahercoaching.com. Everything you want to know is there. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Connect with me as a person under Amanda Her on LinkedIn and then Amanda Her Coaching on LinkedIn. And really just email me at amanda at amandahercoaching.com because I would love to connect on a one-on-one basis. Fantastic. So now time to get into the lightning round, which is going to be the first and my favorite question. What is your favorite food and why? Ah, Mexican food. It's just, I don't know why I'm obsessed. Plus it also usually comes with a margarita. So there's that. Right, right. So it's food with margarita. It's like, okay, my favorite, my favorite food is margarita, but I didn't want to say that because it right, sounds yeah, bad. So basically. I'll add the Mexican food to that. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Yes. <laughs> I like a margarita with a side of Mexican. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Boom. There's the there's the answer. <laughs> favorite travel spot. Oh gosh. Um cabin by the lake. Interesting. Yeah. Favorite book or podcast. Oh, favorite book is probably Geek Love. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Never heard that one before. 
Yeah, I figured. Yeah, but it's a it's a, I can't remember who the author is, but it's a it's a great book. It's about um circus freaks. So, pick it up. It's actually really good. Very popular book. Nice. And last but not least, if you were giving unlimited amount of money mm. and you had 48 hours to spend it. In those whatever you spend in those 48 hours, you get mm-hmm. to keep Whatever you don't spend gets taken away. What would you do? Gosh. Um, uh, gosh. An unlimited amount of money? Unlimited. Doesn't matter. And you just have 48 spend, hours. Okay. Whatever you can do in 48 hours. Okay. I would start with paying off everything for my family. Then I would pay off the U.S. deficit. I would donate to um, all the children in the world who need food. And, um, I would start programs that could help parents learn how to actually, you know, deal with life. Um, let's say I would put money towards mental health, uh, for the world. I would, I don't know. I would just, I try to spend money to be more helpful, um, with people, you know, and try to make a difference. Fantastic. Great answer. Thanks. So I want to say thank you so much for being on the show. It's been uh, quite a fun one. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And it has been, it's just been a lot of fun. So I appreciate that. Absolute pleasure. We'll talk again soon. I'm sure. Okay. If you like what you saw and you want to see more episode, subscribe to the link below.